Zen Parenting Radio, episode 162. Okay, hello, my name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back, Zen Parenting Radio, podcast number 162. Zen Parenting Radio, it's a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages 6, 9, and 10, and our our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent. But more importantly, to become a better you. The best predictor of a child's well-being, sweetie, is? Is a parent's self-understanding and self-awareness. Good. No, not and self-awareness. Self-understanding, period. Okay. Don't, don't, don't embellish my phrase. But it's the same thing. You're the same thing. Okay. Um, so you're getting a topic this week, and I'm getting a topic yes, this week. I win. No. Well, we should have a vote to see whose topic is better. No, let's not compete. Yeah, let's compete. No, let's not. That'll be good. We've been doing a lot of podcasts lately. We're in the middle of this uh, virtual relationship <laughs> retreat. Kathy and I have spent a lot of time behind the old microphones. Yeah. And it's fun. I just wonder if, because uh, a lot of the people on the retreat are listeners of Zen Parenting Radio, I wonder if they're getting sick of our hearing our voices. Well, the only reason I would say they might be, so I can't comment to whether or not they are, but I think about how I would watch like... Oprah every day or other people watch maybe other TV shows every day and they see the same people every day and they like the continuity of that. The comfort. They like the comfort and considering we only really do one show a week, you know. Plus conversations with people we love. Hopefully you enjoyed last Friday's, which was uh, your friend. With uh, Amy Rogers. Yeah, she was talking about the work-life balance. If you guys didn't listen to that yet, I highly recommend you listen to it because if you are a working a uh, parent, she has some great suggestions, um, not only about how to, um, you know, feel good about your choices, but also how to um, maybe even make some different choices for your work that you haven't even considered. That's right. So um, I want us to tease the two topics we're going to talk about, and then I'm going to do a few housekeep- housekeeping items. Some housekeep? <laughs> my my mouth isn't working. I know, man. This is I mine's I'm and it's like forty two degrees in the oh, basement. We my reco- brain is like ten other places right now. We record from the basement. It's about forty two degrees down I know. here. It's so cold. What's your topic? My topic is a NPR that I listened to today, um, and I love NPR. I'm a Terry Gross fan, big time. Man, that's gross. Um, I even listened to uh, in, it's NPR Fresh Air because I know NPR is bigger than just Terry Gross. But um, I even listened to like when she interviews people that. I have no idea who they are, right. but I just love listening to her interview people. Anyway, listened to an interview this morning. Uh, it was actually kind of a big um, discussion about a book by a woman named Jennifer Senior, and she wrote a book called All Joy and No Fun, The Paradox of Modern Parenthood. And I found the book very interesting. Um, it was uh, focused – the focus of it was mostly research-based except for the end, um, uh, The uh, maybe not the end of the book, but the end of the their discussion. Right. And so I think that there was a, a lot of value in discussing it, okay. um, which, is, which is why I chose it as our topic today. And my topic is when your kids drive you crazy because they're not grateful for things they should, they should be grateful for. Well, <clears throat> I think that'll connect to what I'm talking about here. Are the dots going to be connected? Yes, I think they will um, because I think that we, and I'll just say this right off the bat, I think we have an adult sense of how our children should respond to us and they don't have the same brain capability that we do or life experience to understand um, even though they can learn about gratitude and we can teach them and we can role model it, I think our assumption that they should be grateful for everything and tell us how grateful they are is a very adult 
concept. And I might go ahead and disagree with you on that one. All right, all right. It'll be interesting. But first, um, we always encourage our listeners to give us an iTunes review because it really helps uh, our rankings on iTunes. It just helps more people find us. Um, So we have three new reviews, and I'm not going to um, read them off, but I am going to give credit to the people who did it. Please. Encouraging more people to do it. Uh, Leafe. Okay. L-E-I-F-A-Y. Don't know who you are. Don't know what their name is. But thank you. good old M. Gonzo Dad. Thanks. I know who that is. We know Michael. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. And then Car Grogan. You know who Car Grogan is? Maybe Carla Grogan? Maybe. Who I knows? don't know. So anyways, they they gave us five stars. Thank you for doing that. But you don't have to give us five stars. Just give us a review. Even if you give no, us- No, give us five stars. No. I want them- If it's- Here, if, let me if say you, why. If you think we deserve five stars. But but Todd, what you're doing is you're, you're setting up the wrong thing. Unfortunately, in iTunes, if you do not get five stars, then your rating goes down and not as many people find you. So if you don't feel like you can give us five stars, or at least in the you know whereabouts of that, then a review isn't helpful. Do you know what I mean? And I'm going to say, if you hate us, go ahead and tell us that you hate us. Okay. Are you mad at me? No, I, I'm not angry. I just don't know if that's something I want to pull from How the universe. How many people hate us are listening to this show? <laughs> well, I guess my point is is that what you focus on grows. So I'd rather focus on people who appreciate the show, who feel like they want – I would never force anyone to give us a five-star rating. Well, that's kind of where I'm coming from okay. is just give us a, a real review. And if you think we deserve five stars, we'll love you for it. Okay. If we don't, we're never going to talk to you again. <laughs> All right. Um, so first partner – Hunter from HunterYoga.com. She's our awesome partner. and She's She's finishing up daily practice this week. She's finishing up her um, daily practice, which is a 28-day yoga practice, for especially for moms, but moms or dads. And she has another one coming up in March. So just want to make sure that uh, everybody goes to their website, her website, HunterYoga.com slash zen. Uh, they do have some uh, other, or she has some other programs available. So go to the work with me uh, tab on her webpage. And she also has podcasts and she also has a blog. And so I highly recommend you at least go to her website if you are interested in self-care, if you're interested in yoga, um, if you're interested in just you know getting uh, some information from another mom who's working and who is trying to find calm and mindful living. Well, isn't that special? I have a whole bunch of new uh, things. Uh oh! Is it going to interrupt our conversation? I am your father. Yes. I'm not your father. Though. I know. I'm your husband. That's good. And Valentine's Day is coming up on Friday. Yes. And we're celebrating that by me not being around. I know. I think that's why I'm a little grumpy crabby today. Yeah, not just because of Valentine's Day, but because are you a little crabby snacks? I'm a little crabby snacks and homemades. <laughs> <laughs> Crabby Snacks and Homemades, Dad, come on. <laughs> if anybody knows what that's from, email us at comments at com, and I will uh, ship you a pen. A it's such pen. a hard one. I don't think people would think that's as funny as I don't we have do. many pens to give out. Not the pens. The I think that quote is so new. Crabby Snacks and Homemades. <laughs> it's from a great movie. It's a more recent movie, so, so it's tough. I'm going to Houston on Friday, and it's also Valentine's Houston, Day. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> It's not It's not just a Valentine's Day, Toddy. It's really not. It's that this is just one of these times where you and I are definitely both working parents. We're star-crossed lovers. We are star-crossed lovers. And, and when there's a lot going on and I have a lot of work to do and then you travel for three days, I'm like doing 80,000 jobs. Right. And it's hard to venture into the week um, 
knowing that you, you have your finger on that button because you want to do a quote. Go ahead. Sometimes you feel like a nut. <laughs> sometimes you don't. <laughs> You're a nut. You're a nut. Let's start talking about stuff. But no, this is stuff. This is important. I need to say this. I'm okay. realizing I'm venting right now. Is that is that everything, there's certain things, there's rhythms we have where, you know, I do certain things, you do certain things, and you know it, it helps keep our home together and we're kind of going at a certain pace. And when you are completely gone, it's very um, challenging. What's worse, when I'm gone or when I'm here, but I'm actually kind of gone? Oh, definitely when you're gone. You know what I mean? Like, I do, like I'll, when I'll you're have not present. I my headphones in and I'm not present. But at least you're here where I can be like... Okay, I'm going to work right now and you are home. So next time that I'm emotionally not available but physically here and you get mad, I can just say, hey, at, at least, least I'm, I'm here. here. <laughs> well, that, I don't know if that'll help the situation. But anyway, yes, I feel that heaviness of the amount of <clears> – we just we got so much to figure out work-wise, don't we? Yes, we are incorporating. Yes, we have, we are creating this business. BU, well, it's already a business. BU We're just incorporating it. Yeah, BU Inc. Um, and there's just – you know, besides our regular work, it's just more, and it's all good. Like that's the thing is, it doesn't. It's I hope it doesn't sound too much like just uh, complaining because it's all good stuff. It's just I like slow. Like I like, like this weekend. Kinda, but yesterday was not slow. That's what I. That's what I woke up this morning saying. We didn't have anything to do yesterday. We had a completely <laughs> open day. <laughs> we had nowhere to be. Yes. Versus most other Sundays, what do we usually do? You're right. I will say that you're right that we had nowhere to be. And there was all the choices made yesterday were choices that I had options. But I'm laughing because I did all the laundry. I went grocery shopping. I did Valentine's with the girls. I got ready for the retreat. Do you know what I mean? Like to say that we didn't do anything is Poor choice of words. Yes. We had nowhere we had to go. Yes. And that is helpful to my psyche because when we have days where we're going from here to there, from here to there, it's hard to even get one thing done. Right. Where yesterday, you know, I could clean the rabbit's kit, you know, cage and, you know, clean the fish's bowl and not feel like I was wasting time. Did we feed the fish, by the way? Yes. He's all good. And when I say we, I meant you. You. (laughs) So it's funny, you know, that's the thing is you'll, you'll look at this weekend in such, with such different eyes because the reason that I knew I need to get all that stuff done is because I knew what the week was like, you know, and that there's no way I'd get to the grocery store and there's no way I'd get to laundry. So, but it, what that caused is me working in such a way where it kind of felt like a Monday. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, we ready to jump well, in? Well, let's do it. So I want to start instead of you. Okay. Because usually I let you start. All righty. Go ahead. We're watching the Olympics mm-hmm. Friday night. Uh huh. We had an awesome night plan. Yes. Very very relaxing. Olympics just began. Uh, we ordered pizza. Usually I'm too cheap to order the expensive pizza. Yeah. We went over the budget a few months ago and Todd decided that where we were going to cut corners was we were going to have frozen pizza on Friday night instead of order pizza. You know what we spent on ordered pizza last Friday? A, a lot. 40 bucks. Yeah, I know. I know it's expensive. I make fun, but I understand. At versus uh, the 10 bucks right. for good, yummy, frozen take-home pizza. That is... Debatable, but understandable. Are you taking shots versus home run in pizza? Home run in pizza is really good, but it's hard to compare home run to Lou Malnati's. Malnati's. Right. So anyway, but go ahead. We're having ice cream. Yes. We're just going to do family night, chilling out, 
watching the Olympics, which is, you know, this really fun event and all these different things. And one of our daughters, I'm not going to say who, because I love them all too much, was complaining and whining, saying how bored she was. And it was driving me absolutely bonkers. Right. And I kind of stuffed my bonker feeling down. Oh, did I? I don't think I don't I, know. Yeah. I, I when don't you, feel I, like I said, well, then go upstairs or right. something like that. Right. But it just, and maybe, I don't know. I was in a good mood. I was going to say maybe it was the mood I was in, but I just feel like this is like a really good night. We're doing all these fun things together. And yet she's complaining about being bored and how there's nothing to do. Right. And all she wants to do is play Minecraft or something like that. No, she wanted to watch Merlin. She wanted to watch her show. Mm-hmm. So you think if we would have let her watch her show? I think that in spite of Family Olympics night. I think that you were you're right on that it's annoying and that you know it's not that I'm so above it because of course I get you know a little ruffled about it myself. But a little Mark Ruffalo. A little that, yeah. But I also think that her that when she is saying I'm bored, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. It's really not all that. It's that she's not getting what she originally wanted, and so her way of communicating that is I'm bored. This is the worst. Um, because she had in her head that she was going to watch the last two episodes of Merlin, and we were like, "No, we're doing Olympics tonight," and so her that was her protest. You know, my problem what? is I, I think of the kids from what's that Best Picture movie from the kids from India, where the kids on a quiz show, Slumdog Millionaire, Slumdog Millionaire, mm-hmm. and I, you know, it's totally an unfair comparison. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I know that. Okay, but that's where my brain goes. My brain goes. These kids have to sift through trash right. to find something to eat. Right. And this girl who I love, who helped bring into this world, is taking no appreciation for the amazing life that we are lucky enough to be in. And you're right. And there's something to be taught. But I will also say that so do you. And so do I. Right. Like it's that everything's amazing, everything's awesome, and nobody. What is it? What is it? Everything's Sweet. amazing and nobody's happy. No, everyone's everything's amazing, everything's awesome, and no one's happy. It's a Louis C.K. Uh, little bit that he does, but it's true that you know we're like oh you know just like the way we started the show you know I'm like oh and I'm just so overwhelmed and busy when I have all these resources and access to things and you know you're gone three days but you're here the majority of the time and we all notice what we don't have right and she was focusing on, on what, what she, she doesn't didn't have. have and I do that too we all do it right. even though I think the thing is is not about shaming ourselves for feeling annoyed by our children when, we, when they do that but is having the awareness of that even though she's sitting there saying, I don't want to do this, understanding where she's coming from and what she's trying to communicate and making a choice to not allow that to let us change anything we're doing. Meaning that I think in not change our mood is that you can be annoyed. That's fine. But this is what we're doing, like allowing her to sit with that. And it's kind of like a how's that working for you thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of missed everything and we still love you and want you here. We don't, you know, I think the whole like, we'll get it, get out of here, go upstairs thing can be very like. Well, and I think I kind of delayed that reaction for about an hour. But after an hour, I'm like, hey, Go upstairs, read a book. Right, if you can't go play in your room, this, right? But, but you're ruining my Olympic family experience, which is kind of being ruined anyways because she's not appreciating it. But so it's already kind of there's it, it's it's worsened because you know we're not kind of doing what I, my expectations were. <laughs> there you go. You just said is, what the problem is, which is watch this as a family, enjoy it, right. watch the ice skating, watch the snowboarding, and all that. 
and then so that that expectation has failed and now in addition to that she is now um making it even worse because all she's doing is whining and complaining so i'm like you know what Go upstairs. Well, here's the thing. You just said exactly what the problem was. You had an expect. You set an expectation for the night, and you had an image of how it was going to go. That and nobody she else wasn't, knew about. That nobody was else all knows mine. about it, and, you, and she's not holding up her end of your vision. Right. So therefore, you're annoyed at her. So maybe I should have told her what my vision was. Well, and the reason that I can relate is sometimes with this daughter, who I am very similar to, is you have a way of the things that you like to do. And that she and I don't think that way all the time. And that I would love to be with you and, and watch the Olympics. And I actually enjoy the Olympics, but I would also like to have my magazine mm-hmm. and lay there and read my magazine simultaneously. And if you tell me, no, as a family, we need to watch this, the Olympics together, that's all your needs. Right. Like maybe my way of relaxing is reading my magazine and I want to be with you. Right. But you have to be open enough. You have to give some air to your vision where it's not going to look exactly the way you think it should. So that doesn't mean that it isn't annoying. I'm not trying to to say, let her be that way. Because, you know, we have to let them know how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, it sounds kind of ungrateful. Well, and I don't think I communicated that well. I I don't think I said, you are annoying me right now, or I'm having a hard time being happy around you because you are making my Olympic experience. I just said, go upstairs. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is I think the human element that we can have with our kids is being very real about what we're experiencing to really say, I was so excited for tonight to sit here with you guys. I've been so busy all week to sit here and watch the Olympics and I'm excited to have this food. And it feels like, you know, I'm I'm struggling because when you're saying you don't want to be here, I so much want to be with you. Right. And so it, it bums me out. Right. You know, like having a really honest rather than and, that and, she should want to do everything you want to do. And that would have been a much healthier way of doing it. My problem is I didn't know that if I if I would have had a crystal ball right. and say, Hey, if one of your kids isn't on board, this is what you should say. I just kind of assumed everything was gonna go fine. Right. And it didn't. Right. So and, I wasn't prepared. So I just said Hey, first I ignored for an hour, and then I'm like, "Go upstairs." And it's not like there was no crisis; no. nobody got sad. No, we we actually got along fine, right? There, and to be honest, I don't even have a memory of Friday night like you do. I don't. I didn't have this experience. Yeah. Um, but I have had other experiences where I felt like you know, it, I I experience it differently, where I'm doing this and that, and doing this and that, and this and that, and then they're like, "Mom, you didn't do this for me," mm-hmm. and I only just did everything else. Yeah. So they only recognize what I didn't do. Focusing on the one thing. That- so I get it in a kind of different experience than you do. So I understand the feeling. I think though the the thing we have to do is be very real and I will say that to them and and I don't necessarily think in that moment they get it but I think over time if we can keep focusing their attention on what they're let me give an example instead of trying to speak through this generally. If I continually say to them when they only notice the piece that I didn't do, and it's usually something small, like I just made dinner, I just did this, I just helped you with your homework. But, I, you, but I asked you to sharpen my pencil. Exactly. Or you, you didn't, didn't bring me my water, right. which is something they could have done anyway. Right. Is in that moment, I'll say, I want you to recognize all the things you just asked me to do and that that is something you can do on your own. So you may have said that to me, but... If I didn't do it, you could have done that by yourself. Like having a really, and they may be annoyed in the moment. It's not like they're going to say, "Oh, sorry, mother." Well, and it's but because if I do most th- of the time 
we do get them the water because they're on the other side of the counter and we're like between them. There's and a it's simpleness just, to it. There's yeah. a simplicity yeah. in it'll take us four seconds totally. to get them water. It'll take them a minute. Right. But if we're doing 10 other things, and I think part of our job when we're talking with our kids is being very real about that and how they affect other people. And you know, you have to notice yourself and what you need, but you also have to notice other people and recognize, I will sometimes say to them, I will have four things in my hand coming out of the car and they'll say, carry my backpack. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, girls, look at me, Mm -hmm. look at what I'm doing. Can I carry someone's, and they have nothing in their hands. (laughs) And they'll say, oh no, and then they'll get their backpack. But that's better than yelling at them about how they're ungrateful and blah, blah, blah. Just notice what's happening. That's not possible for me. So we're kind of getting off subject except for the point of we let's be real about what we're feeling rather than label them as being ungrateful or that they should understand how children in India struggle. Right. Because that they can't make that connection. I know. I know. You know, even though I love the fact that we took them to Girl Rising Mm -hmm. and they got to notice and see what girls their age are experiencing in different countries. I think that's called kind of bringing some awareness to their situation is when you live in a bubble, you don't know any different. And so you and I, um, when we moved to Elmhurst, one of our big things was because we moved from Chicago to Elmhurst is how can we continue to let our girls know what they have? Right. You know, I think many families say this. Yeah. And ours is just exposure and experience. Mm-hmm. And it's not every day, but, you know, noticing and recognizing and being of service and talking about things. Right. So quick um, sidebar, as long as we're talking about our daughters, um, one of our daughters came home and said that they want to take French. Yes. Even though they were uh, been taking Spanish. The well, whole time. She, they have a ch- she has a choice in middle school. She can take Spanish. French or Spanish. So I'm very proud of myself and how I handled this, by the way, <laughs> because one, uh, I took Spanish. I think it is much more practical to learn Spanish. It, be- it is nowadays. I mean, it's like going to be the language. Right. Um, <laughs> Not literally, but it is. No, in it's this country, it's the second language. It's second language, yeah. Whereas French is, quite honestly, I'm going to upset some people out there, but unless you're going to France, I don't really see- Well, Canada- People in Canada speak French. Or, yeah, northeastern Canada or okay. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But it's just uh, being somebody who's extremely practical, it was very hard for me to support her decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you told me about it instead of her because my gut reaction may not have been great. Because right. I think my reaction was, oh, how'd you choose that? And she said, oh, I just wanted something different. And I said, great. And that's kind of our philosophy on school. We we want you to do what you enjoy. What feels right what initially. What feels right, right. not mm-hmm. what I think is a better solution for you. Right. So I was very proud of uh, how I handled it, but I'm also very thankful that you told me about it, not her. <laughs> yeah. So anyways. Well, and I had the same experience. She said, I'm so excited. We get to choose which language we want to take. Which one do you think I'm going to take? And I said, I have no idea. What's your options? And she told me and I said, tell me. Mm -hmm. And she said French. And I said, oh, how'd you come up with that? And she said, oh, I just, I want to, and it's pretty. And and she's been taking Spanish for the last couple of years. You know, they've been, they've had it in school. And she's that same thing. She's like, I just want to do something different. And how can, as a parent, how can we get too practical about it? Because if that feels right to her, who knows what she can do with that? Well, and I don't know this, so I'm making this up, but it's possible that she's doing this because all her friends are doing it. Sure, that could be. And that, even though I'm going to support it, hopefully she doesn't hear this podcast, but I think that that's a silly reason to want to do it. I don't know. Maybe not silly, but 
it's not the, I would much rather her come to me saying, I just think it sounds prettier. I want to experience something new. But if the what truth if it's both? is, that's still, it's better than nothing. But, right. But if it's just to, cause, oh, because this, this, this girl, this girl, this girl is doing it. The, well, the idea of conformity for something like that, I understand because I did it and I still do it. That's the thing is you you say you'll get mad yet you understand. And I, do. I think that that at her age, what's happening, the reason that Todd and I work with fifth graders is because it's really that verge of adolescence where they really are starting to want to normalize mm-hmm. and they really are starting to want to blend in and get peer um, validation. And that is normal, mm-hmm. developmentally appropriate, right. completely normal. And so if a child who's going into sixth grade wants to make sure that she's with her friends in a class, that's not a crazy thing. It's it's Even though, like you said, I like the other reasons too. Right. It makes it gives it a little more weight, right? You know, yeah. Because if her only reason is, so I challenge the listeners. Yes. Would you Would you have reacted my way? Would you have said, "Hey, you're not taking"? Because I'm sure there's plenty of parents that say, "You're taking you're, Spanish. You're taking Spanish. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for you to take French, right?" And I'm just curious to see or to hear from listeners if they would have reacted the same way, or if they think we're bonkers for supporting her making this decision that doesn't seem as practical to you and I. Well, it's interesting because I think you got to kind of look at the, be very present with it because right now she's chosen to take French and she may take that all through middle school and then she may get into high school and decide she's going to teach take Spanish one or she's going to take Latin or she's going to take like, let's, I'm a much more go with the flow kind of person than you're going to need Spanish for your job in 20 years. Right. I mean, that's, you know, anyway. So can I talk about my thing? No. How much time do we have? We got plenty of time. Do we do? I can too. Um, first, I want to talk about Tree of Life. Okay. Dr. Kelly, she's our chiropractor and she's got something special lined up. Valentine's Day is Friday. Yes. And she has something cool going on where she has free initial exams for all children. So it's like a little Valentine's Day gift for your child. A free, F-R-E-E, free initial exam. Free initial exam. No no money. No money. It's beautiful. And But the thing is, it doesn't, you don't, the exam doesn't have to be by Friday. You have um, to register. You have to up. register by Friday. Make an appointment. And I think that's the 14th or something like yeah. that. 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. So Friday, February 14th, you at least need to call Dr. Kelly at Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and at least schedule an appointment. And say you heard about this on Zen Parenting. That'll, That'll help. help them understand what you're talking about. Yes. And say, I heard on Zen Parenting I could get a free exam. And they'll say, sure, blah, blah, blah. 630-941-8733, chirotree.com. Healthy families by choice. Not by chance. So now you can talk about what you okay, want to talk so about. So I was really intrigued by this, um, like I said, this book that they were talking about on NPR, and I was just reading the Washington Post um, review of it as well. So this woman, Jennifer Sr., she wrote this book, All Joy and No Fun, The Paradox of Modern Parenthood, and she's just basically talking about the research of what being a parent um, is like in this day and age, and I loved the language of all joy and no fun, and I'll get into the joy in a second, but what she was talking about with the no fun is the fact that um, we as parents are very tend to be very stressed out people, and that statistics are showing that, and again, I, if any of you guys, if you listen to the show, you know that I don't love statistics and research just because it really skews our own thinking, but I think that it's interesting that she found obviously some things, you know, that that having children can make our lives more stressful, that it can cause more arguments in the home, um, and that we, like, you know, one of the things that that was so interesting is we – we have not let go of anything and we keep adding things to our daily experience. Like uh, many, many years ago, if you stayed home with your kids, 
you called yourself a housewife. Right. Okay. And what was most important is taking care of the house and making sure the house was clean and you, you know, cleaned and cooked and did all that kind of thing. And your child went in a playpen. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way it was. Right. Okay. And now a homemaker. A homemaker. And now if you stay home with your kids, you are a uh, stay-at-home mom? You're a stay-at-home mom. I, a full-time mom, so, that's what I call it. It's, so the focus is shifted to your motherhood. Right. And so no longer is it about anything except how much you're giving to that child. And there is such a pressure in that, that you have to be really conscious of what they eat. You've got to be really conscious of who they play with. You've got to be really conscious of how you spend your time with them. That even in the worst part that I could totally relate to is that you feel like you're supposed to be their playmate. Mm. And for as much as I know in my heart that it is good for my girls to have that downtime and that boredom, and I teach this, like I really believe this, there's that always that tug of that you should be, should be doing something, doing with, something them. with them. Yeah. And I sometimes think like even in the morning, Todd is downstairs with the girls, usually, unless he's not here, but he's like getting their breakfast initially while I'm getting ready. And I'm rushing, rushing, rushing to get down there. And there's no reason. Right. Because you're fine there. Yeah. And I'm rushing, rushing, rushing. And sometimes I have to be like, why? And and it's because I just want to be present all the time for Mm -hmm. them. And I put that pressure on myself and I'm conscious of it. But just how we're, if there's any open space that we feel like we should be giving it to them. Right. And that... You know, Terry Gross said during the interview, and I thought this was great. She said, You know, my memories of being a child is playing in my room, studying in my room, maybe playing my instrument, doing whatever on my own. And she said, My mother was always present, meaning she was in the house, but she was doing her own thing. And she goes, And I never, she goes, I always knew my mother loved me more than anything else in the world. But she didn't have to demonstrate it right. over and over again. And we these days feel like we must demonstrate it in order to show it. Exactly. And I just found that so interesting because that's how I was as a kid. My memories as a kid are of being on my own, mm-hmm. like in my room or you know, alone time or outside with my friends all the time. Or coming home time. from school. And no one was home. And nobody was home. I was a latchkey kid. And right. I know you, that doesn't resonate with yeah. you, but it does with other people. That, And I never questioned my parents love for me. I mean, I may have wanted more of this or that, or, you know, there's no perfection. I'm not saying it should go back to the way it was. I'm saying we continue to learn and grow, but that that's the pressure we feel as parents. Well, I feel like you're saying um, a few things. And the first one is, um, you know, you talked about what it used to be like a generation ago. Yeah. And you were a, um, a homemaker or whatever. Yeah. And now we've added the the intimate mothering part of it yes. as well. And we haven't let that other part go. So to have to do all of this, and time, we're piling on. And listen to this, Todd. Parents used to come home at five o'clock from work. It's never like that anymore. We right. know that. Yet parents are spending more time with their children than they used to, but they're getting home at seven or eight. So think about that. That means that there's they are not only working harder, but they're having more time with their kids. Mm-hmm. So we've like tacked on all of this new stuff we Which think we're supposed to do. equals out to no time for yourself. Exactly. Right. And the one of the quotes in the book um, is that uh, the, this woman that she was interviewing for her research said, um, homework has become the new dinner. Yeah. Did you hear that when you listened to I it? I did hear that part of the interview. That 
instead of sitting down for dinner and relaxing and having conversation, you sit around the table, help your kids with homework, maybe feed them something fast food. You know, we've shifted. Mm-hmm. We're trying to fit it all in. Right. And our kids are getting the brunt of that, and we're getting the brunt of that. And like you just said, we're not letting anything go. Right. And we think that we, de- we do need to do it all and do it all well. And man... And you're guilty of that. That right? I was just going to say, man, I am not... Good at uh, that. I am I am very aware of it, but I'm still very challenged by it. Because you feel a responsibility. To do everything. And that's different from helicopter parenting. Yes. And how is Helicopter that parenting is more about... Not allowing your kid to fail. Just being doing everything for your kid and right. being like not letting them fail, making sure they turn in the best you know poster, right. making sure that you're so on them that they so don't have is, to take responsibility. So what, what is this? What I feel the pressure about is I'm actually feel that separation for my kids where I know that stuff like schoolwork and stuff like that, that's theirs. I mean, I help, but if they turn in a They get a bad grade, they they get a bad grade. Exactly. Like, I will help, but you are the initiator. So I'm not helicoptering them, but I have a lot of pressure on me. Yeah. Like, I like the house to be, I'm not a neat freak, but I can't have dishes piling up. It's gross. Um, I want- Was it as gross as when you found the dead mouse in your sink when you were in college? That's when I didn't care about- being clean. College was a different time. Why don't you set, time. The, set the scene for us? <laughs> what happened? So I lived in this. I lived in this sorority house, and the semester that semester, the girls I lived second with, second semester we, senior year. No, 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 no. Really? It was junior year. Junior it was year. second semester junior year. Got it. And we um, we just were having fun. Like we didn't clean our suite. I don't remember throwing away garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember doing any of that, which is why it's funny that I am the way I am now. It must come with motherhood or something, but. And we just would let things pile up in the sink and whatever in one day. And we also had a window mm. that was right to our like balcony, and we'd leave it open occasionally. Well, anyway, one day I went into the sink, and there was a mouse that had drowned in the sink. How long do you think oh, that mouse God. was there for? I don't know. I, he couldn't have been too long, mm. but I just I felt bad because he had it was a, come it, in and gotten in the water, and it was sad. Yeah, and, and it, gross, and it's a little um, indicative. Of what? what was going on in your life. <laughs> oh, it was so easy then. Or it wasn't. You know what? It wasn't easy. It was heavy. It was it was fun and crazy, but just as much many just as many challenges, they were just different. Right. Because sometimes we romanticize the past and say, Oh, it was so easy. It wasn't. Because I didn't have time to clean the dishes. Because mm. I had homework. Anyway. So the good news is there's no dead mice in there's the sink. There's no dead mice in the sink. So you're doing a splendid job. That I've checked off the list of things to do. But there, you know, there's so much pre- the work, you know, like that I should be you know, doing more than I am or just doing the things that I am doing really well. Right. And that, um, you know, that I'm, you know, we, we teach what we need to learn. And everything that I teach and talk about, I believe in my heart, but it's a daily practice for me that there are times when I really slip into old patterns of, you know, oh, this needs to be perfect. And I have to work hard to pull myself out of it. And that's what mindfulness is to me is recognize what you're doing, notice what you're doing, and notice how you're feeling because you don't have to feel stress in your life. Right. When I'm feeling stressed, there's something off with me. Well, and you just said, we teach what we need to learn. Yes. Now let's think about that and from a parenting yeah. uh, viewpoint. Um, I wonder how many parents are like, um, you know, standing on their soapbox with their kids, preaching that they have to study hard or preaching that yeah. they have to clean their room or whatever. And I just wonder how that relates to 
is that the one thing that maybe we as parents are struggling with? Because I feel like the things that you really, you drive home as a parent, the typical parent, they, um, they, I don't know where I'm going. Well, I do know where you're going. You're trying to say reprojecting. Yes. And yes, we, I think in all aspects of our life, but especially in in parenting, we project. And what projection means in the definition where I'm trying to use it, because it is actually a clinical concept, but it's also where you you as a kid were shy. Right. So when you notice your child is exhibiting shy behaviors, you start to push them to do other things because you don't want them to have your experience. Right. And why that's so detrimental is because they are not you and they are not going to have your experiences because they are not living when you did back in your world. Right. They are having their own experience and our job as parents is to accept them for who they are it doesn't mean that we don't have expectations it just means when you are pushing your kids to do something based on your own fear Mm -hmm. then you are carrying your baggage into that relationship and that them being shy you may have been told that you being shy was a bad thing so you don't want your kid to be shy but why is it bad to be a little more introverted Mm-hmm. Because that's not a bad thing. Right. That's just who you are. Right. So the big shift, as Todd and I always talk about, is it inside you. Right. You need to accept who you are, and then you'll accept who they are. Right. So the last thing um, that I want to share is, again, this book. And um, I haven't read the book. I just listened to the interview and read the reviews. But I, it sounds very interesting. But again, the title is... Uh, It also talks about joy, Um, all joy and no fun. And the joy that she found was just like Brene Brown's work. Mm. And and she doesn't reference Brene Brown, but it's very similar in that the experience of having a child um, brings you such tremendous joy that it's almost scary because it's that whole concept of your heart walking around without you, where your joy is almost cut short by the fear you feel at somehow losing them or them getting hurt. Mm -hmm. And that you have to be cognizant of that. And just like we always talk about, you know, lean into your joy and enjoy that joy rather than feel the joy and then become so afraid that it might end. That it might end. And that but those moments, those elated moments of, you know, the first time your baby talks or the first time they walk or, um, you know, watching them do something on their own, like walk down the street or, you know, go into a new school, those elated moments, that that joy, that is where we feel. Right. That is life. And so a lot of the issues that we deal with that are so challenging with parenting the the joy part is, you know, we always ask the question, well, if parenting is so hard and it has so many challenges, why do people keep doing it? Right. Well, they do it because of those immense joy pops, mm-hmm. you know. And at the same time, we have to recognize, like Brene Brown's work showed, that joy is the scariest emotion to feel. Mm-hmm. And that if we can notice or hold on to the, the pleasure of it rather than go to what if it all disappears. Right. And I also think that this – she didn't talk about this, so this is just my two cents after hearing – what she was saying, I think as human beings, we come into the world wanting to connect with people. Yeah. And I think the connection that you have with your children is huge. Yeah, because it was the deepest type It's you the deepest feel. kind. They are from you. Yeah. They are of you. Mm-hmm. They are not a part of you. Right. They came through you. But they, well, they are in the sense of genetic and all right. that kind of thing. And um, that is what we crave in life is that connection. So it, we're never going to stop having kids. Right. <laughs> but we have to learn new ways to parent so that it isn't not fun that right. we can find we can experience the joy and and put more fun into it and and again that's just too simple of a statement 
there's too many things. Sweetie, as I always say, the best thing about babies is making them. As you, that you do say that a lot. Um, I, we we need to to do some housekeeping. Here. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, turn them in a bad. Okay. You ready? Oh, hold on. Don't. Turn them in a bad. Turn them in a bad. Turn them in a bad. <laughs> um, our kids have been getting invitations to birthday parties lately, uh-huh. and it says, "Don't bring a gift. Bring something for a soup kitchen or something like that." Right, which I love. So. Now, all of a sudden, the kids are bringing gifts anyways, and our daughters don't want to be the ones without the gift. Yes. So to all you parents out there that sees on a birthday invitation, no gifts, do me a favor <laughs> and don't give them gifts. Be, do do what's asked on the invitation. Yeah. That's all. Follow yeah. the directions. I love directions. I know you do. You You're, know I love directions. You, you love your left brain. I do. I'm in love with my left brain. <laughs> So please stop doing that. Okay. Well, and that is other people's choices, Todd. But you can it's bring your choice, that to their but just awareness. make sure you stop doing it. <laughs> okay. All right. The other thing is, um, you have two books for sale. I do. Self Aware Parent Part One, Part Two. Uh-huh. How would somebody buy that book? Well, you can go to my website, kathyseadams.com. They're right there. You can actually get them both for twenty dollars. It's a good deal because mm-hmm. um, if you go to Amazon, they're like twelve ninety five. We each. actually have free shipping until we get that glitch fixed <laughs> I know. from our web guy. So if you go there today, you might get the shipping for free because we still have a website. But hopefully issue. not. Yes, because we're trying to fix that. <laughs> um, and then lastly, if you shop on Amazon, do us a favor: go to zenparentingradio.com first. There's an Amazon link on the right hand side. Click on it. Click on it. And there will be a certain percentage that goes back into our BU program. So if you click on it, it takes you to Amazon and then start buying. And then we get like a kickback from Amazon for you going to our website That's first. That's right. So uh, what else? Do you have anything else that you want to say? Well, the music's on, so I don't know if I can really dive into something new. No, we're 41 minutes in anyway. Okay, but anyway, um, I enjoyed this discussion because I thought I found that I usually don't love research and statistics, but I'm always interested in how we parent nowadays and what the issues are and it one more thing while this music is going there was a a big thing about the children's prefrontal cortex and how it's not fully developed and how as parents we have to recognize that and stop trying to rationalize with our children and teach them how we see the world because they're not there yet that's a pretty big subject to say with like 20 seconds well i said do you have any prefrontal cortex cortex. okay let's talk about that next time let's talk about how my topic was a little bit better than your topic Next next time we're going to talk about prefrontal cortexes. Can't wait. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.